Welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and we're going to talk about the Kingdom of God. Uh, we have a uh, chat room uh, with LibertyRadioLive.com, and if you want to get into that chat room and ask a question, we'll have somebody monitoring that, and they'll pass your question on. We have uh, Paul, who is... Uh, our uh, technical uh, whiz and co-host, <laughs> uh, he's uh, with us and he probably remembers what our call-in number is, so I'm going to ask him, I don't have it in front of me again, ill-prepared as I am. Uh, Paul, what's the call-in number if somebody wants to call in with a question? 414-395-2442. Okay. Yeah, I've got. Uh, I'm out here in my mobile studio. And I've got people going by, looking in the windows. <laughs> it's kind of like the Today Show, you know, where you have all the people looking in your window. <laughs> Are they holding up signs. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but they kind of give me that uh, you know puppy dog look where they tilt their head a little bit. <laughs> they look in the window. But anyway, we're going to talk about the kingdom of God, as we always do, and uh, we're going to uh, uh, share with you some of the information that we covered on uh, Blog Talk Radio this morning, which is our warm-up. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do when the winter sets in and uh, the warm-up doesn't warm me up enough, <laughs> but uh, the, uh, uh, right now uh, uh, we were talking about the way. And Christianity was called the way. And it was the way of God, which is not changed from the beginning. The way of God has always remained the same because God is the same today as he was yesterday. So if Abraham was the servant of God, and Moses was the servant of God, and Jesus was the son of God, also serving the Father, then weren't they doing the same thing it is modern eschatology to try to convince you that before Jesus came that there was a system in place that didn't require what Jesus required and wasn't the same as Jesus and it was some kind of shadow of things to come the message of God has always been the same you go way back to Enoch it was the same now, following and walking with God is the same in the garden as it is today. And if you're not in the garden, it's because you haven't been doing what God said. You haven't been following the way. So it's really important for us to find the way. Now, another way to refer to the way is that it's the kingdom of God, the right to be ruled by God. And God rules us with a very gentle hand if we follow his way. I mean, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't grab you and drag you through the garden. He will walk with you if you will walk with him. He is about choice. He's about giving you choice. There are a number of eschatologies and religions out there that say you don't have any choice. You're predestined. God chooses and there's nothing you can do about it. Well, there's nothing you can do to make it so that God owes you salvation. Because God will never owe you salvation. But there is a lot you can do 
that you might be saved. And there's a lot you could do that you might not be saved. And Christ said, you know, forgive so that you may be forgiven. He gave you that choice of forgiving so that you may be forgiven. Or don't forgive so that you won't be forgiven. See, if you don't forgive, you're not saved. That's it. I don't care if you say you believe in Jesus. That's just a lie. You have to actually do the will of the Father. Not just say, Lord, Lord, I believe in Jesus. You actually have to do the will of the Father. Now, no matter how well you do the will of the Father, you're never going to be owed salvation. You're never going to be able to compel God to give you anything. You will not have power over God. And one of the things that people do all the time is that they really want power over God. Now, most of the people that would deny that is probably a lie. They want power over God, and they, they one of the ways they get power over God is they create God in their own mind. They create God in their image. <laughs> That's what they do. They imagine that God is this way. And, of course, the Pharisees imagined that God was very vengeful and very jealous and because they were very vengeful and very jealous. But God is also a God of love. And, you know, we could do a whole study on that, but we're not going to go into all the terms there that they translate. But the point is, is that the character of God is a giver of life, not a taker of life. Patient. Even with Cain, he was patient. And, uh, but he said, I will not strive with you forever. And so he's very patient with you, and you should be very patient with others. And many people do not see the kingdom of God and are actually working on the side of evil. Paul was. Paul was working on the side of evil, and then he changed sides. It was very important that Paul changed sides because he gave the Jewish Christians, the Jewish followers of Christ, a little bit better perspective because this was a Pharisee. This was a devout Pharisee. You know, one of these dogmatic, got to do it this way, put your right shoe on and put your left shoe on and tie your right shoe and then tie your left shoe. And pattern of behavior, they required you to go jump through all these hoops. And people create those kinds of religions because that's a great distraction. You don't have to actually let the Holy Spirit guide you. You've got the rule book. And that's what people, people are always begging me to write the rule book. I won't write the rule book. I've written some guidelines, but they all they do is set out, here you can do this, you can do this, you can do this, you can do this. <laughs> they give you choices. Gives you responsibility. It's up to you. It's very important. God gave you choices. Then if i made in the image of God, I should give you choices. And that's what we do here at the kingdom and at the church established by Jesus Christ. If the church is not giving you choices, it's probably not Jesus Christ's church. If they're speaking ex cathedra or, or passing synod rules where you've got to do it this way or got to do it that way, then they are probably getting away from Christ. Now, there's some basics. You know, we got the Ten Commandments. You don't get to start coveting your neighbor's goods now because Jesus was here. We, uh, we've done away with the law, so we can covet our neighbor's goods now. Well, if that's true, then we can start killing our neighbor too. 
And we can sleep in with his wife, and we can do all these things. Because ah, Jesus saved us. We can sin and sin and sin and sin and sin and sin. But that's a sin to think that. <laughs> so, but most of the Christians I know are very used to sinning. <laughs> they sin all the time. They like sinning, and they continue. They intend to continue to go on sinning because <laughs> they aren't really Christians. They have broken the other commandment. They have taken the name of the Lord in vain, even though Christ is not His name; it's a title. It's His person. That's right. Christ is an office, the anointed. He's the, he's the anointed. That's a person. That's an office. Who was he? Yeshua, Jesus. That's who he was. But as far as, you know, when we say who he was, that's identifying the individual. But who he was was who he really was in his heart, in his mind, in his deeds, in his actions. You know, I've always given, and we have an article up. You can find it at org slash outline. What's in a name? There's a lot of people want to say, oh, I've got his name, Yeshua, Yahweh, Yadivai, uh, Jehovah, whatever they want to say. But that doesn't mean they know him. That doesn't mean that they know his name, his identity. There's a guy up in uh, near Redmond. Actually, I think he's near his sister somewhere, and his name is Gregory Williams. And people have mistaken me for him. There was a Gregory Williams who was going around uh, out of Montana and, and talking about law and what have you. And uh, people actually paid to go see him, and then they said, Well, this isn't Gregory Williams. <laughs> this isn't Brother Gregory. This is somebody else. Name was right, but they had the wrong guy. So, you, it doesn't matter whether you get Yeshua. That isn't how we... He says, you will know them because they will know my name. And they will spell it right and pronounce it correctly. You will know them by their love for one another. And if they're creating dogmas and doctrines and eschatologies and theologies that you have to believe in, then I would be very suspect that they're not really going the way of Christ. Christ as king was the commander-in-chief of the army of Judea. But the soldiers mocked him. Why? Well, if you understand Hebraic law, if you understood the law of the Torah, the king wasn't to have a standing army. You weren't to have his own personal military force. He wasn't to be the commander-in-chief of his own army like Caesar was. Deuteronomy 17.16 So therefore they knew, there goes my pension if Jesus is elected, I'm not going to be this man of power anymore who can exercise authority and enforce laws over people. I'm going to be just like everybody else. I'm not going to be a special citizen. 
But, of course, a society that doesn't have a standing army, including police forces, what do they have? They have the hue and cry of the people. When there is injustice, it is every one of you who is responsible to do something about it. Every one of you. Because that's a weightier matter. And Christ listed them all. Law, judgment, mercy, and faith. It is not merciful to close your shades when somebody's being raped in the streets or raped in the courts. Every single church should have its court watch groups that will go down and let them know when injustice is being done. That keep you busy pretty full time. But if we start creating a real network of people that are actually doing what Jesus said, coming together, organizing themselves from the bottom up, working together, binding one another by love and honor, we would be a viable force in the heart of the Roman Empire of today. Just like the Christians were a viable force, a viable republic. Now, when I say force, now that, that could be misunderstood. They were a viable power and influence. Their presence. You know, I, I was in a riot once. Uh, it was in Fillmore District of San Francisco. It was the day that Martin Luther King, some of you have heard this story, Martin Luther King was assassinated. And I didn't read the paper and I didn't... N listened to the news and had no idea that he had been assassinated and there were buildings burning and there were mobs moving through the streets and what have you and I lived on Fillmore and Eddie in San Francisco in the heart of one of the black districts at that time and uh, cheapest rent I could find that's why I was there and uh, I walked out of the, my little apartment it was a Sunday I think and uh, started headed down I was going to go down to the zoo I don't know, four or five mile walk. You can look it up on a map. And uh, and I'm walking right through the district. And I, I see about 150, 200 guys on the street. And they crowded around because they all see me. And they come in a big mob. And they're standing there on the sidewalk, which was, you know, 20 feet wide sidewalk. And uh, standing there just thick mob all standing together staring in my direction and I walk up to them and I step in front of them and they, they're blocking the sidewalk and I could see they were all staring at me for you know a minute or so before I got to them and I just stared right back at them and smiled kind of and looked at them and looked at their eyes and kind of did one of these shrugs like can I help you kind of thing I, I might even said something I don't remember and all of a sudden, they just started partying. And it was just like a sea <laughs> of black men, young black men, on the right and on the left. And there was about three feet, four feet wide space aisle right down there. And they were, they were all standing facing this aisle. And I nodded at each side and walked right through... <laughs> You know, it looked like a procession. You have me, <laughs> one white guy going to. Had no idea still what was going on, but they didn't harm me. They didn't touch me. They didn't do anything to me. Uh, 
why did I get away with that? Oh, well, I was naive and wasn't afraid and wasn't judgmental, wasn't angry and was very calm. I had actually spent much of that month in prayer. That's why I took that apartment. Uh, it was pretty isolated and uh, cheap and I, I spent most of my time reading and praying. And uh, nothing happened. I, I discovered when I got to the zoo that it was closed because Martin Luther King's assassination. <laughs> and I discovered it because there was a newspaper there. realized that uh, what had happened, but nothing happened to me. The, the fact is, is uh, give you just story after story of the same kind of thing where you can come into a room and make a difference. And you can make that difference if you're following the ways of the kingdom. And if you got two or more that can actually come together on that premise, you will have the power of God with you. You don't have to have... You know, I'm not saying you don't have guns or don't have knives or swords or whatever. You can have those things if you want. I can't make rules like that. But the real power, know this, the real power is in the Holy Spirit. God provided a way in which the Pharaoh said they can go. Now what's happened is that we have signed contracts. We have made covenants. We have become voters. We have become participators in welfare systems that are now in debt. And we are responsible for that debt because we are beneficiaries of those systems. And now we have run up a toll, a bill, because we agreed to this system when we became a member. Or our parents agreed for us. And they sold us into the bondage of Egypt. And it's worse than it was in the bondage of Egypt. And the people are whipped daily and oppressed daily. One of the things that I had in my notes before this show, I, I put down a, a, a number of notes in the show before we start. Uh, and uh, there is... Uh, I'm getting little signals here. If uh, Anyway, uh, the... Uh, one of the things that somebody sent me is 170 million uh, citizens have been killed by their government over some period of time. I can't remember what it was. Uh, actually, I think that number is probably lower than you can imagine. People uh, are worked to death because of the burdensome tax system. People don't think that that's actually happening. Oh, well, nobody's getting worked to death. Certainly they are. People holding two jobs, three jobs. People working from before sunup till after sundown because of the tax situation. Uh, the, the, the taxes are unbelievable in every country. Income tax in Australia, I think, can go up to as high as 53%. Egypt, it's still 20%, but in Australia, they got it 53%. It could be that high. Plus, you pay taxes on gasoline. Uh, sales tax in many states. 
property tax. Uh, you're, you're renting. You say, I don't pay property tax. Oh, well, your rent is based on that property tax. The bread you buy in the store is as expensive as it is because the guy who grew it, the guy who trucked it, the guy who ground it, the guy who kneaded it, the guy who baked it, the guy who took it to the store, and the storekeepers all pay taxes and have to get a certain value for that bread in order to stay in business. So a huge portion of the price you pay for bread is taxes. So you're taxed on that. The same dollar is taxed time and time and time again throughout the year. Sometimes one dollar can be taxed ten times in one day. (coughs) You spend it. I gave the example where somebody had done something for a neighbor and the neighbor in appreciation, you know, paid him back the ten bucks value of what he had done. And he says, oh, yeah, but you gave me this. So here you get you can keep this ten dollars back because I owe you that for what you did over here. And he says, yeah, but you also did this for me. And so uh, and, and you gave us this, and so here's the ten dollars back. And then, so anyway, the ten dollars goes back and forth about three, four times. Well, uh, if the IRS was watching this transaction, the ten dollars would now be about two or three dollars left to it, <laughs> because every time it changed hands, they got a cut. You see how insidious this system is. Now, the kingdom of God gets taxes too. You got to have taxes, or you can't make the government work. You got to have taxes. Everything is for sure is ta- death and taxes. Except in the kingdom of God, you tax yourself. You decide how much you're going to pay in taxes. You decide who you're going to pay those taxes to. And you decide whether or not you're going to give them any more in the future based on what you see him doing. He's a public servant. He's your public servant. Now, you can't give him money and say, you've got to do this with him, and you're taking away his choice. You give it to him and say, it's your choice to do with as you see fit. But then if he doesn't do well, if he doesn't work, he doesn't apply that, if you think he's not doing a good job as a public servant in the kingdom... Stop giving to him. Find another man who is seeking to serve like Christ came to seek to serve and give to him. But it's still a government. The kingdom of God is a government based on the perfect law of liberty. You have a right to support it or not. You have a right to support it or not. If you give to a minister, and you always give to a specific minister, then he has a right to decide on how to use it. You keep all your rights, he keeps all his rights. Simple as that. You cast your bread upon the waters, and he must use it wisely, or you won't give him any more. Now, can corruption come into that? Yeah. But that's your job. Keep that corruption out. We'll be back in a moment. Keys to the King.
I pledge allegiance to the King of Kings and to his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, one holy nation under the heavenly Father with grace, mercy, and justice for all. The program you are listening to is 100% sponsored by you, the listener, on this First Amendment Rights Media channel. You will notice that there are few commercials on this radio network. There's a good reason for that. Corporate advertising dollars come with strings that limit program content. So without your help, these programs cannot continue on Internet or our several affiliates. If you benefit by the educational law programs, we ask you to give. If you are admonished or nurtured by the Bible and ministry programs, we ask you to give. If some voice a cause that you are passionate about, we ask you to give. If you believe in any of these, we ask you to support them as you would a missionary on a continual basis, as if giving a tithe for Missionary Radio. These programs are not commercially viable and must be supported by those faithful to the cause of truth. Look for the button to sponsor your favorite programs at our Listen and Schedule pages on the Internet. Then, when you subscribe, we will send you the last quarterly MP3 CD of that program immediately and continue to do so with each new quarter. We will also give you unlimited archive access to all of our programs. We're asking you to give much less than a tithe so that you may also send support directly to a particular program host, cause, and anywhere else the Spirit may lead you. Do all to the glory of our God and Creator, for His holy nation, the only kingdom that will last forever. Thank you for listening. Government takeover of the church. This DVD is the most powerful tool we have for waking up those asleep in the pews. The scripture calls for his people to come out of her. The corporate church is the apostate church, the whore that rides the beast. Make copies and give them away to your corporate church friends and loved ones. The truth will make them free. They will watch the DVD. Government takeover of the church. Who will tell them if not you? Get this DVD for a donation of $25 from LibertyRadioLive.com. Order online today or call 559-781-3773. Now listen to me. Well, welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. Uh, we've been talking about the way the way the kingdom works. What was the kingdom? The early church was referred to as a viable republic in the heart of Roman, the Roman Empire by Gibbons, who was considered one of the best historians of the decline and fall of the Roman Empire in his five-volume set on that subject. It was a book published about 1776, 1775, uh, and was extremely popular with early Americans because it was talking about government and 
early Americans were very interested in government and what causes them to decline and fall. The interesting thing is the Constitution of the United States almost parallels the creation of the eventual Roman government that we see at the time of the first Caesar, which is 500 years after the beginning of Rome as a republic. So America was a republic originally. The states were individual republics. And they began, if you go back to your Declaration of Independence in 1776, they had the Articles of Confederation after that. But before the turn of the century, they had a constitution. The states were still as foreign to each other as Mexico is to Canada, even after the constitution was accepted and, and put into place. But... Uh, the United States itself was not a republic. But we have gotten into our thinking that a republic is an indirect democracy, and that's simply not the case. In a pure republic, the leaders are titular. And those of you who are a part of our living network and a part of the email network that we've set up to create that living network, I sent out this morning a Dear Network message, and you can read them. Uh, they are actually parts of messages that have already gone out earlier in the week. And if you go to our website at hisholychurch.org, and over there on the left, I think it's under events, uh, you will see the heading of uh, Dear Network. And it will take you to a page, which is hisholychurch.org slash network slash Dear Network. .php. Anyway, that page has a list of uh, over 100 Dear Network me messages that have gone out, including the one on Are Christians Idiots, uh, which is actually asking them if they're idiotas or idiots. And it's a very interesting article. A lot of people have heard it and read it. Uh, there's actually some radio people that have read it on their radio shows. But... Christians were idiotists. Uh, they were non-participators. They were private citizens. They were private individuals. They were not persons in the government of Judea as far as the Pharisees were concerned. But they were, the apostles anyway, were persons in the kingdom of God. They were appointed to an office of apostle, ambassador to the kingdom of God by Christ. And they recognize the appointment of others. And the reason why this is important is because a pure republic has no standing in the law of nations. It is not a nation. A bunch of people are not in a nation. They have to have something that binds them together. Now, what you choose to use to bind you together will determine the nature of this nation and the nature of its governmental system. Now, when we say government, everybody is so used to seeing authoritarian governments, top-down governments, kings and rulers and and presidents and prime ministers and 
and Sanhedrins and Congresses. Then you say government, and they go, ooh, that's a bad thing. But government is how you govern yourself. And a group of people who govern themselves in a pure republic have no standing in the law of nations unless they pick leaders. Now, how they pick those leaders is also going to be a part of that determining the nature of that government. The power that they have as leaders is going to determine the nature of that government. And Israel was a very unique kind of government. It was very much like early Rome, 500 years before the first Caesar. It was based on families that were autonomous, that came together in congregations bound by faith, hope, and charity. There was no covenant contract with each other. There's a covenant with an unseen God. But who's the enforcers of that covenant? Every man is the enforcer of that covenant. And how they enforce that and how they implement that government is going to determine the nature of that society. So you... you Let's take a look. How did Israel operate for 400 years without a king? No king. There were Levites wandering around, but they what power did they have? They were naked, unless you gave them covering. They couldn't go up by steps, so they, they weren't H-I-G-H-D-R-R-K-E. Because they weren't higher. They weren't going up by steps. The way they got to be high priests is they were the best servant of servant of servants of servants. Which is exactly what Jesus is describing when he appoints the kingdom to the apostles. And look, as he said he was going to do to his little flock. He appoints, they were print, you are not to be like the princes of the Gentiles. He says, they weren't just ambassadors, they were princes. They were sons of the king, brothers of the king. But they could not exercise authority one over the other. It is not to be that way with you. You are to be a servant government. And the way you go up in government is to be a better servant of servant of servant of servants. He was not appointing them kings over men. There is no king but Jesus. But these were his princes and they were appointed by him. They could not make law and rule over the people, but they could serve the people. And they appointed men that the people picked. Look out amongst yourselves. Pick men you trust. And we will appoint them over this matter. And that's what they were doing. They were operating by the perfect law of liberty. But they were organized. There was someone wrote in response to something that I wrote earlier this week that uh, to the Romans, the Christians appeared to be unorganized. That's just not the history at all. Marcus Aurelius talks about the fact that the Christians were so well organized that he feared them. 
he feared them because of the fact that they were united all across the empire to this invisible network that they knew existed this network of tens, hundreds, and thousands because that's the way the church organized itself from the beginning the history shows that everywhere they were forming these dechens these tents these twins and they would pick a minister and that minister would get together with nine other ministers like himself and they would pick a minister and these ministers were performing the functions of a free government because they chose to serve the people and the people clothed them gave them the cover and said yeah we we pick you but it was nice little intimate groups ten ten men picked them same thing went on in Israel before but it became corrupt how did it become corrupt because these men you picked as ministers when you had a, a legal dispute between your brothers in the congregation you got together and those ten elders of the families in your congregation plus your minister and his minister could sit down and this 12-man jury decided fact and law and settled the dispute and how did they enforce it if they came to the conclusion and you agreed to listen to what they had to say for that one issue these were the judges of the issue and they said you took this cow unrighteously you need to give that cow back if that's you know whatever the dispute was and you refused to give it back they would cast you out as a lawless man you you, you don't honor your agreement you agreed to abide by their judgment if you were arrested and accused of a crime uh, of injuring or killing or whatever and you were convicted by that 12-man jury you could appeal to their ministers and they could acquit you and say no we don't think he, they got a fair trial we don't think he's guilty and they decided not fact and law but they decided to acquit this was the cities of refuge these Levites were the cities of refuge it wasn't a town that all the criminals lived in. It was an appeals court where you could go for refuge, for regress. And that could become corrupt if you had money and you could pay off a group of these guys farther up. <coughs> but if everybody in the community is tending to the weightier matters of law, judgment, mercy, and faith, they simply say, that minister had to have taken a bribe. This is a miscarriage of justice. You picked him. I'm not going to pick you until he's removed. I'm not going to tithe until he's removed. Those men there who acquitted this guy who's clearly guilty, I'm not going to participate until he's removed those men are remote because they are liars they are bribe takers they knew there were men taking bribes and acquitting men of crimes that was their complaint to Samuel 
But their solution was not to exercise their authority from the bottom up, but to pick an authority from the top down to make it right. I see Christians doing that every day. Christians say, hey, we need a health clinic in our community. Let's everybody get together, have a fundraiser, and start uh, putting together money to have a health clinic. Next thing you know, they want to go out and get grants from private foundations. Well, if they choose to give them grants, okay. But then, finally, somebody came in and said, you know, of course, we're going to have to put this on the tax rolls in order to make this work. What he was really saying is, hey, you know, we're going to have to hire men with guns to go house to house and make our neighbors pay in money so that we could have this wonderful health clinic that will be good for them. Does anybody see that that's coveting their neighbor's goods? No, 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 this is the law. No, 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 slow down here. Back up, back up. Is that coveting your neighbor's goods or not? Is that exercising authority? Oh, you are the beast. If you want to force your neighbor to build you a health clinic. Oh, no, it's for him, too. Yeah, but he didn't, he's not getting a choice in the matter. Well, it's a democracy. Yeah, that's right. It's a democracy. It's not a republic. The United States is not a republic. Never was a republic. It's a democracy within a republic. That's what it says in its own creed. Yeah, it has a creed. Because it's a religion. It's what you believe in. It's what you have faith in. It's what you give your allegiance to. Because you aren't followers of Christ. You're followers of Thomas Jefferson. I mean, I don't want to pick on Tom. Tom wasn't half bad compared to what you got now. Whoever your president is now. Supposed to be Mr. Obama from Kenya. How did that happen? Because you don't tend to the weightier matters. And none of the men you elect tend to the weightier matters. Why? Because you don't attend to the weightier matters. You think the health clinic is bad? What about the public school? Everybody who go, sends their kids to public schools is socialist. And you cannot be a socialist and a follower of Christ. Because a socialist wants to force his neighbor to contribute to his welfare. And you can't do that. We need to think about what we've been doing for the last hundred years, for the last thousand years, since the beasts have been unchanged. The devil has been unchanged and rose these beasts up. They only have power because you give them power. So is the solution to starve the beast? No, it's to stop being the beast yourself. Stop coveting your neighbor's good. Through great swelling words, through covetousness, they shall make merchandise of you. And they've done it. Peter told you they'd do it. Your ministers haven't been telling you. You should fire those ministers in your local churches. 
My problem is, is that most of the people in your local churches are going to keep going along to get along. They're not going to tend to the weightier matters of Jesus Christ. And they're not going to hear about the weightier matters of Jesus Christ from those ministers. You have been seduced into false religion. You aren't saved, for the most part. You've deluded yourselves into thinking that you've accepted Christ when you haven't. Now, some of you actually are accepting Christ, but nobody is telling you the whole truth. Now, when somebody's telling you the whole truth, you have a choice. That's all I'm giving you is a choice. You had the choice all along, but you didn't know you had the choice, and I'm pointing it out. Because the road you're on right now is taking you to disaster. The road you're on right now is taking you to destruction. And the, and the bridge is out. And you need to turn around and start going the other way. So that way is to gather together in His name. In other words, to gather together with the intention of doing service to others. Ask not what your kingdom can do for you, but ask what you can do for your kingdom. An important principle in the kingdom is that you are to love one another, serve one another, care for one another. Not so much so that you make one another weak. If you don't eat, you don't. I mean, if you don't work, you don't eat. Okay, so how do we do this? In order to have representation in the law of nations, you must have a representative. But the representatives you pick, we know the Bible tells us not, they're not to have a central treasury. They are not to have a standing army. Uh, they are not to have treaty-making powers. They can't make contracts for you. They can't, therefore, they can't borrow money for you. All those powers were given to the ministers to do exercise authority one over the other. The kings of your society, which are down there in Congress, and of course Congress has given their power to the presidency, and the same thing goes on in Australia and everywhere else. And you've all created these beasts. You know, you look at Japan, you look at China. They're no different than they were 200, 300 years ago. They have their warlords and their uh, rulers and their peasant class. Communism hasn't changed any of that. The affluence of Japan hasn't changed any of that. They're still just as oppressive to the, you know, their, their pecking order society as they ever were. There's great people in Japan and China, but I'm saying that you do not change a leopard's spots by painting them with another system. The fact is, you can't get into the kingdom of God unless you change. You can't even see it unless you change. People say, oh, well, we don't want to elect rulers. We don't want to have ministers. We're all ministers. You're all a bunch of cats running around. You've got to elect ministers, the same as the early church, in order to... But those ministers are your servants. But you can't exercise authority over them any more than they should exercise authority over you. Because this is a walk in the perfect law of liberty. I don't know. I, can I explain? Do you want to make another phone call, folks? 
and ask me a question? Are you not getting this? The number is 414-395-2442. Do you have a question? Do you see why it's important that you actively seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness? Do you see why it's so important that you actually become a doer of the word and not a hearer only? Why it's so important that you not only do no harm, but you actually actively do good? Why you have to actually forgive if you want to be forgiven? You actually have to give if you want to be given unto? And you have to do all this freely with love in your heart, not as a contrivance. Oh, I'll give so that they'll give to me. Oh, that I'll, I'll share so they'll share with me. And then I will get back. You cast your bread upon the waters. You let go. You have nothing but hope that it may come back to you. That's a, that's a huge change in you to make that a reality in your life. If you can find other people that are making that a reality in their life, whoa, now the Holy Spirit can come in your life. But the devil wants you to be constipated with spiritual power. He doesn't want you to give it away. He doesn't want you to share. He wants you to be selfish. Because if you're selfish, you're like him. And he can eat you. He can devour you. And nobody's going to stop. How, how many times in the Bible, and we have this in the book, The Higher Liberty, there's a section on that cry, cries out. And I will not hear you in that day. Why? Because you haven't been doing things according to his way. You've been doing them according to everybody else's way. Your pastors, your priests, your mullahs, they've all seduced you into theological religions. But they have you straining at gnats and swallowing camels. You're worried about uh, eschatologies. And you're coveting your neighbor's goods to the agency of the governments you've created. You've all become socialists. I know some of you are homeschooling, but there's so much more. You have to care about your neighbor's children as much as your own. So therefore, you need to come together in congregations and help one another homeschool. Because you don't have every skill your children are going to want to learn. But there's somebody that could come together in your congregation. Everybody on the network hisholychurch.org you go up there click on the guy with the net and join the network which is an email group should be striving to form congregations of record that are actually doing the work of government you can do this step by step you don't have to do it all at once but you have to steadily in that direction if you don't, you will not get there. 
We'll see each other again on the other side of the hour. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net. If you read the history books, the most often asked question to Southerners was this, why did you fight? And the most often given answer is, because you're here. In other words, the South did not invade the North, the North invaded the South. Was it the Civil War or War of Federal Aggression? John Weaver sets the record straight in this DVD series on the Civil War from the Old Past Christian History Conference. Was there a war to set the slaves free? Or was it a war to enslave us all? Get this DVD and judge for yourself. War of Federal Aggression. The truth seems strange only because we've been indoctrinated with a fiction. War of Federal Aggression. Get it today. Get this DVD for a donation of $25 from LibertyRadioLive.com. Order online today or call 559-781-3773. 559-781-3773. Fight the fight. We are here to equip you because you love the truth. LibertyRadioLive.com Well, we're back with Keys of the Kingdom. Uh, We have a retreat coming up here uh, this... uh, fall uh, out here in Summer Lake. The retreat will be between uh, the last weekend of September, which is just a couple weeks away, and uh, the first weekend of October. And so that whole week uh, we will set aside for anybody who comes and we'll try to provide camping areas. And there are motels in the area. That's where I'm at. The only motel. I'm parked out front using their Wi-Fi in my mobile studio. Uh, We have people in Michigan that would like to come and share expenses to get here. We have people in Texas with a Winnebago. Uh, that would like to bring a bunch of people uh, there in Waco and you get a hold of them through the network and uh, they got room for uh, they can sleep eight and then of course you can bring tents and we could probably find places to stop along the way uh, so that you can get there and with eight people you could probably drive night and day so if you want to be a part of that little caravan uh, get a hold of uh, the people in Texas. 
Uh, we have people in Southern California who wanted to come up. Just didn't know if they had the expense of driving all the way up by themselves. So if there are people who want to come up with them, get a hold of the California group. Nitsan is on there, and he can probably get you in contact with those people. And, you know, even if you're halfway up in California, they can take their ride with you the rest of the way. And uh, uh, I believe it's a lady who wants to come up, so uh, that may make a difference as to who wants to be the passenger. Uh, but I won't give you all the details. You have to get on the Living Network, which you can get on at org, And the little guy with the drop-down net. And you join the group in your area, whether you're in Texas or Michigan or Carolinas, and say, hey, you know, I'm interested in coming to the retreat. Now, we have another retreat in Missouri. And, again, that information will be out there uh, for you on our wiki site, preparingyou.com. And uh, I, I can't give you all the information about that because I don't know it. Uh, the network is growing, and I can't keep track of all these things. Uh, there are other people talking about having events. I guess uh, they're doing. They're having some sort of a meeting up in the in New York area. Uh, Paul Capadona and George Mason could tell you that on the New York group, which uh, covers several states around New York, up all the way up till Maine. Uh, so there's lots of things going on on the network uh, it's starting to grow I'll be on another radio show on Tuesday Agenda 21 uh, I'm maybe going to be uh, a Randy Moggin show and uh, some other shows that people have been talking about having me on and we're going to keep trying to have more guests on this show so it's not just me and, but it is going to be just kingdom. It's just going to be talking about the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So you get a better and better picture of what it looks like so that you know what you're looking for when you're seeking it. Because what you're hearing about in your local churches is not the kingdom of God. They tell you you get to the kingdom of God by dying. <laughs> and that's not what Jesus said. It's not for the dead. It's for the living. It's now. It's within your reach. It has to do with seeking uh, the weightier matters and tending to them. It has to do with loving your neighbor actively, not sitting in the pew having nice thoughts about them. It's actually being the government of God, caring for one another. That's going to take your support to get more and more people to come to the network and meet up with you. I mean, if you want us to find 100 people in Michigan, 500 people in Texas, 1,000 people in the, the Carolina groups, which includes Florida, you're going to have to help us do that. You're going to have to help us uh, make that happen. Or you're just going to have to go do it yourself. I mean, I don't care how you do it, but you better be seeking the kingdom, which is seeking other people, seeking the kingdom, and coming together with and forming those living networks that actually care much as much about each other as they do themselves. Very simple. So I said, if, you know, the governments of the world, as that one article said, other 
a couple other things I wanted to share with you, if I can pull that up, uh, since we're on the announcement stage uh, of the program. And again, I'll give you the call-in number if you have a good question. Call in, 414-395-2442, and we'll bring you on the air and let you ask your question. Uh, but, anyway, the uh, there was a uh, uh, X-Class flare this week, uh, just X-2 on the sun. And Jesus said, look for signs in the sun. And it struck the earth today, uh, actually yesterday, and the radiation levels went up rather high. And much of that radiation was absorbed into the earth, which means that there could be some good-sized earthquakes in the next few days. Uh, this is not a big deal, but it's showing you a process where the earth and the sun are connected in a universe that was extremely well designed. If disasters happen in your community, this, these congregations of record are our FEMA, our Faith Emergency Ministry Auxiliary. Uh, during the Hurricane Irene, we had people helping people back east. Uh, during snowstorms, we had people trying to help people, but everybody was pretty well off in the Midwest when they had some bad storms. There's going to be earthquakes, and people are going to need help. Now, this principle is not limited to this network, but this network could become a viable source of assistance of one to another, especially since our criteria is that you have to care about others as much as yourself. You have to care about God as a giver of life. Can you imagine if we had 100,000 people in this network? That would just be so powerful I, I could not even imagine. If you had a million people, it would be a force. On, uh, you, know, you don't need the numbers. You need Christ. But can you imagine if you had all these people that were actually doing the will of the Father and caring about one another? Loyal and honorable people. My goodness, what a powerful thing that would be. Also, some other bad news. North Dakota typically grows uh, three-fourths of the, national, uh, the nation's uh, Durham wheat. Durham wheat is what they use to make most of the pastas. Uh, there was at least a million acres of it that was not... Uh, uh, let's see, this year's crop, however, is expected to be only 24.6 million bushels, or about two-fifths of last year's. Total U.S. production is pegged at 59 million bushels, a little more than half of last year's and the least since 2006, according to the U.S. Department of Agriculture. And we don't have the surpluses that we used to have. And because of the dollar situation, much of that will be sold abroad. And we have no surplus in this country. And those, those surpluses are going to disappear on a regular basis. Uh, if we have more crop failures, which these events on the sun can cause, this could be absolutely disastrous. Another threat to our food supply in the world today is GMOs, genetically modified organisms. This is one of the greatest threats to the American people, to the people in the world. I shouldn't exclude uh, any other country. But... Uh, 
in Europe, uh, they have truth and labeling uh, to the point where you have to label. If you have genetically modified foods, you can make a choice in Europe because they list it. And in many places in Europe, they have banned genetically modified organisms. It, this is so dangerous to the Americas because we haven't done that. As a matter of fact, uh, one of your presidents, I believe it was Bush, uh, passed into law a law that you cannot, it is actually illegal to advertise your food as containing no genetically modified organisms. Now, I could go on all day, and there's plenty of people you can go look that up. There's a march coming up, right to no march.org. It's going to start in New York, supposedly. It should start in every state and move uh, in the direction of Washington, D.C. I don't know the dates or the time, but you can go to right to no march.org. Now, I'll spell that. R-I-G-H-T. The number two. The word no. K-N-O-W. The word March, M-A-R-C-H, dot org, not com, dot org. So go to www.righttonomarch.org and uh, you will find out about this. That is a great place to meet other people, to, to talk about the kingdom and to share the idea of building a network that not only cares about itself but cares about its neighbor because the these and basically what they're doing is they want to know they want to go back to truth and labeling that if you have genetically modified food in a product they want to know about it and that's you do have that right i'm not sure but uh, do we have somebody coming online paul yeah, they are on the line, I think. We do have enough. Okay. Caller, do you have a question? Yes, I do. This is uh, Caller. Brother Denton. Can you hear me? Okay. I, we can hear you. Uh, can you repeat your name? This, this is Arkansas. Okay, you're from Arkansas. I didn't get the name this time either. <laughs> I don't know if that's me breaking up. Or are you catching it, Paul? No, I'm not catching it either. No. Can, okay. Can you catch uh, it? Uh, Try to ask now? the question. We can hear you, but it, we're getting little clips. The feed is evidently not fast enough where you're at. But uh, anyway, can you uh, just tell us what it is that you wanted to ask a question about? Actually, I, I had a, a comment. I used to live in Hawaii, and they have huge GMO test crops for Monsanto because they're isolated over there. And there was an incident that occurred where chickens, they have feral chickens over there, and some of the workers caught some of the chickens that were in the fields. They ate the chickens that were eating the GMO corn, and the people that ate the chickens got sick and died because of the GMO crops the chickens were eating. Right. I hadn't heard that story. It's just one of the nightmare stories that they, they cover up. 
India, uh, water buffalo, sheep, uh, were turned into cotton fields, which they used to always do to eat up the weeds after the cotton was harvested. And they all died. Not a couple of them got sick. They died. Uh, this genetically modified food is an absolute poison. And it's getting into almost everything Americans are eating. Uh, if you wanted to take over a country, this is the way to do it, uh, to break down the health of the people. And the repercussions are unbelievable. The genetically modified corn pollen is all the way into the Andes. It's everywhere. This is an absolute, total uh, weapon of mass destruction. <laughs> And people everywhere should be up in arms, and Christians should be leading the forefront on this because they're supposed to be tending to the weightier matters and loving their neighbor. And GMOs do not love their neighbor. They love profit. Uh, so uh, is there anything else you wanted to add? That was a great uh, tidbit to add to the show. Yeah, just the, um, the reason why that happened was because even though they denied, even though Monsanto was denying it, they were actually putting human genes in the corn in order to try and produce um, insulin and other things like that via the corn. They don't often tell you that they're putting human genes into the food, which would, of course, make it unclean, aside from the fact they're putting pig genes and other things like that into it. But... Uh, that's what they're right. doing it, and why it's the, so deadly toxic. Yeah, genetically modified uh, acti activities are, as I said, this is one of the worst time bombs. Uh, this is more dangerous than nuclear power, more dangerous than any of these other threats that we've seen over the centuries. Uh, you could not be genetically modifying anything. <laughs> You know, it's just absolutely horrendous, and uh, Americans are very oblivious to this. But this, evidently, this right to know march dot com, you will have the opportunity of meeting people, uh, probably from all over the the country, that are waking up to this. And and these are what I call kingdom tracks. I'm not saying everybody there is going to be a saint by any means, but. Uh, Homeschooling, home health, uh, natural foods. These are things that people seeking the kingdom will find of interest in their life. And when you see those people gathering together, you're going to be seeing kingdom people. And even though we have a very formal network that we're creating, we, uh, we do not lose track of what we call the, the uh, indirect network. Or the... Uh, actually, we have another word I can't even think. Extended network. Uh, thank you, Paul. Uh, the extended network, which is all those other people that uh, that have these values and 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 things that show that they're not far from the kingdom themselves. <laughs> so yeah, the genetically modified food, uh, and they've genetically modified alfalfa now, and they've got a fast track to present that in. Uh, the feed supply, which people don't say, well, I don't eat alfalfa. Well, if you have, if you drink milk, uh, dairy products of any kind, uh, even cattle, uh, beef, all these things are affected by these genetically modified uh, foods. 
and literally that also affects the soil itself because the reason they're uh, genetically modifying the alfalfa is so that they can spray Roundup on the fields in excess, which kills off microorganisms in the soil, which creates an imbalance, which will actually create a uh, change. So that w- give you an example, 45% of some of the dairy herds are infertile now. That's huge. 15% would probably run you out of business. 45% your your toast where your dairy cows will not get pregnant. And we haven't even got into the area of deformities. No, this is this is a, a toxin, you know, those that die will be the lucky ones uh, because this can affect uh, us tremendously for generation upon generations to come because you can't get rid of these things from your environment. And this this is a crime of galactic proportion. <laughs> That's genetically modified. I can't emphasize it enough. I really thank you for the call. Anything else you, you had on on your mind? That's I didn't it. get your name. Uh, Denny out in Arkansas. Okay. Okay, Brother Denny in Arkansas. Okay, I got it this time. And our Heavenly Father's blood. Okay, well, thanks for the call. You're welcome. Okay, well, we'll meet you on the network. God bless. Thanks a lot for the call. You're welcome. Yeah, well, we'll, we have to speed up our connection and make that a a little bit better connection. (laughs) I don't know what the deal was on that. Maybe because we had all three, but we've done it before, and it worked pretty good. But he got the message across, and that was what was important. Uh, Yeah, I would encourage people that are in those areas to be a part of those kinds of activities. Uh, let us know on the network if you find those activities other places. Uh, don't be afraid of going to those meetings. It'd be great if we you have a congregation of 10 or 20 people and you come in together uh, to meetings of those nature and you uh, let them know that uh, you're in support of the fact that we think GMOs are bad. Of course, now we might have people on the network that think GMOs are good, but I haven't come across them. <laughs> Uh, in my opinion, GMOs are bad. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, Paul, uh, do you have any topics? I'm kind of running out of topics here. Uh, we got lots of time left. I was, yeah, we got lots of time left. So I was wondering if let's let's give the telephone number again: four one four three nine five two four four two. Now, did he call in or did he come in on Skype? No, he was on a telephone. He was on the telephone. Okay, so that may have been the Skype, our Skype connection, getting his telephone. I'm uh, not sure where the delay. I from. see, because that's the. Yeah, it's hard to tell. I think you yeah. went. Okay. Delay at the moment. Okay. Anyway. Let's give out the uh, chat room address too, if someone wants to come on there and speak with others who are listening to the show. Okay, you'll have to you'll have to do that. I don't know what that is. You can find it at wwfar like First Amendment Radio dot com slash farm like farm slash chat c h a t. 
and you can see all the others in there who are discussing what we're talking about. Okay, well, uh, are they making any good comments that we should know about? <laughs> it seems to be unrelated to the show at the moment. So they're, okay. they're giving out websites like the Future of Food and things like that. Right. Uh, there's actually some... Uh, there is some way or another that some outfit is is putting together a list of non-genetically modified foods, and I think they they've circumnavigated some of the laws on that. The foods themselves, I don't think that they can put on their label that they're not genetically modified by the law. Uh, that law should be done away with right away. Uh, what? You know, we actually uh, we produce some sheep and, and cattle out here in the high desert, and we can sell you meat uh, on the hoof that does not have hormones, does not have any genetically modified alfalfa in their bellies or genetically modified corn in their bellies, and uh, we keep them pretty clean. We also have a grain project where we grew grain this year up by Vale. Uh, that was some of the last of the non-genetically modified seed that we could get a hold of in that area. Uh, Monsanto had bought up all the rest. So they're going to be messing with wheat, too. Uh, it, this, You would not think that Americans would ever starve because we produce so much more food than we consume in this uh, country. But the reality is, is that we don't produce uh, enough uh, to deal with what may happen in the near future, we uh, we have let our responsibilities go about uh, growing food. One of the things, a uh, statistic that came across my desk was that about three percent of the agricultural land in America grows the fruits and vegetables that we consume. Uh, everybody. Uh, I know that John in Kansas, he's done this. Uh, you should take your yards and grow bigger and bigger gardens and encourage garden clubs in every town, everywhere. Everybody should get good at growing gardens. They should get good at growing their own seed and producing their own foods. Uh, that's another thing. Uh, hybrid seeds, we want to avoid that and and learn to produce our own seeds. And we have a... a Seed Saver group that you can join through the network if you are one of those people. And I tell you, seeds may become one of the most priceless commodities uh, in the future. People are trying to buy up gold. You should sell your gold and buy seed. <laughs> but, uh, if you if you got any gold. But uh, seeds is going to be very important. Also, clean food. Uh, we're, we do get a lot of radiation still from uh, this... Uh, uh, accident that took place in Japan. We don't get a lot of it here because we don't get much rain here. Most of our water comes from under the ground uh, through artesian wells. But growing good, clean food is very important, and that's a very loving thing to do. And there's going to have to be a lot of changes. There was a power outage that people said from 5 to 9 million people lost power in the East Coast just about the time that the CME was arriving maybe a little bit before. It's hard to say exactly. Uh, the reports are all over the place. But uh, anyway, the uh, nuclear power plants all shut down immediately. If you lose power in this country, 
nuclear power plants, most of them are back east, will have to shut down and shut down quickly and efficiently because without power, they cannot keep their uh, rods cool. And that's what happened in uh, Japan is they couldn't keep them cool and things went from bad to worse to worser. And uh, that's exactly, those scenarios could actually happen here in America. Uh, Germany has seen it, and they're shutting down all their nuclear power plants, and they're going to become nuclear-free. Unfortunately, the rest of Europe is not doing the same. Earthquakes, uh, CMEs can cause serious power outages uh, that could last not only weeks, but months, maybe even years in some areas. And the reality is is if that happens everything will change and we need to be prepared to change and the reason I say this is not to frighten you but uh, this is out of love and this can be fun it's great to grow your own food and uh, much healthier for you anyway because they're not selling you good stuff in the stores for the most part and it's getting to the point where it's cheaper to grow your own garden if you do it right than it is to buy it in the store because of the money system food prices are going to skyrocket and yeah, one yeah. other thing yeah. go ahead also might want to touch on the uh what do they call them c the community supported csas csas community supported agriculture yeah having your own home garden is great but uh, community-supported agriculture is where you go out and actually meet the farmer, shake hands with the farmer, and you start getting your produce or your foods from that farmer. And we would like to encourage that as much as possible because that's a part of your extended network. If there are food shortages because of lack of fuel or what have you or power outages, you're going to want to know farmers in the country. And if you already have a relationship with them, uh, they will welcome you. And uh, you also, you'll get to know more about what foods you, uh, what's in your foods and what's not in your foods. Uh, and they're also in the forefront of this uh, Stop GMOs uh, process because a lot of these CSA people are very health conscious in the production of their foods and are very organic if you want to use that term uh, so yeah CSA you can look online look up CSA community supported agriculture find people in your area All I encourage everybody on the network and the contact ministers to, to research this out and help lead your people to those sources I know we've had uh, some uh, good uh, progress in that area i know uh way back uh, they were finding sources of good healthy grain at good reasonable prices and helping their people uh have what they need we have people in our own community that have uh, sold semi loads of grain that they got and they use it up they're not just stockpiling it uh, they use it up and replenish it because that's how they get their bread. They have grinders on their kitchen table. and They grind the, the wheat and make the flour. So there's all kinds of things that you can do. Join the Living Network. Find out more about that at hisholychurch.org. And uh, prepare for yourself by helping others prepare.
Fight the fight. We are here to equip you. Because you love the truth, LibertyRadioLive.com. The Greatest Prophecy DVD of Cross the Border Productions. Embrace the little-known but greatest prophecy given by the Great High Priest. The pre-incarnate Messiah reveals God's once secret plan for mankind. Believe it. Behold the end times in Daniel chapter 2 because the dream is certain and the interpretation thereof sure. It is the key to prophecy future. Comprehend the seven-year great tribulation deception. Be not deceived. Understand the great prophecy delusion because if it were possible they shall deceive the very elect. Be forewarned. America in prophecy exposed for all to see the mark of the beast no it's not a biochip a much better and more secure technology is already here and you are already using it two copies one for you and one for you to give away when you send a support donation of twenty five dollars to first amendment radio use the chip in event on our website or send $25 cash to First Amendment Radio, 139 East Tulare Avenue, Tulare, California, 93274. Make copies and give them away. Send $25 cash for two copies of The Greatest Prophecy DVD. That's First Amendment Radio, 139 East Tulare Avenue, Tulare, T-U-L-A-R-E, California, 93274. A wise man is forewarned and prepares for the time to come. The Greatest Prophecy DVD. Now listen to me. The Bible says, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. I want you to know that a corporation is Caesar. Government takeover of the church. This DVD is the most powerful tool we have for waking up those asleep in the pews. The scripture calls for his people to come out of her. The corporate church is the apostate church, the whore that rides the beast. Make copies and give them away to your corporate church friends and loved ones. The truth will make them free. They will watch the DVD. Government takeover of the church. Who will tell them if not you? Get this DVD for a donation of $25 from LibertyRadioLive.com. Order online today or call 559-781-3773. Now listen to me. Well, welcome back to Keys to the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory with uh, Paul, Brother Paul in uh, Wisconsin. And uh, we had somebody on from Arkansas. And uh, hopefully we've got a lot of other people. I was going to check my email during the break uh, to see if anything was coming in there. You know, it's been a standing uh, comment for some time uh, that... uh, uh, the chat rooms have a life of their own. We always find chat rooms uh, fascinating during the radio program. But if you do have a question and you're in the chat room now, uh, feel free to ask it. 
address it to Paul so that he knows that that's a particular question, and we'll try to address that question. Yeah, I just um, noticed that there is a question in there. Also, we're getting another call in, so we'll take the call and we'll go to the question in the chat room after, okay? Uh, okay. You're on the air. Okay, you have to turn, you're on the air. You have to turn your radio down or you'll begin to hear us out of both ears. <laughs> okay. Uh, hi, Brother Gregory. This is Isabel in New York. Uh, hello. Hi, Isabel. and hi. I just, uh, there's a discussion going on in the chat room that I would like you to address. And I, you, you once addressed it before, but I think it might be a good time to uh, talk about it again, and that's the calendar. And, you know, the dates of the holidays, of the feast, and whether we should be following the moon cycles or the full moon or the crescent moon. And if you can just um, talk about that again. What uh, I'll, I'll, talk a, I'll talk about it in general terms, but I won't dictate to anybody which calendar they should use. But uh, it's very interesting, uh, this whole calendar issue. I found a calendar issue. I found it to be one of the most controversial ones amongst some people. Other people, it's not a big issue at all. Uh, it was a full moon last night, or pretty close to a full moon last night. I know this because I was out uh, picking up hay bales uh, by moonlight. Uh, we could have done it before the sun set, but we probably would have had a heat stroke because it was about 90 degrees out uh, I not only wear my hat, but I also have to wear a headband in it because the sweat drips in my eyes and it stings so bad I can't hardly see by the time I finish one load. So we did it in the evening, and when the uh, sun went down, uh, we had a full moon to get the last load in. We didn't unload it when we got it home. We just parked it there. But uh, that would have been breaking Sabbath doing that. But then again, Jesus had us taking a uh, sheep out of a pit in, in the Sabbath. And uh, so that would have been breaking the Sabbath according to the Pharisees, but according to Christ, it was a good idea. It was the way to go. And uh, it, it's the way to do things. And who wouldn't do it that way? And so in order to get the hay in, we we actually were picking it up during the Sabbath. So now calendars, that, that we, they talk about lunar calendars. A lot of people don't know the difference, lunar calendars, solar calendars. Uh, there's several different lunar calendars floating around out there. Uh, the important thing about the feast is the purpose of the feast and the spirit that uh, the feasts are supposed to help us bring into place. And in order to do that, the important thing about the feast is that we actually show up on the same day because it's a gathering and if you show up on one day and somebody else shows up on another day because he's using another calendar it defeats the whole purpose of having a feast and so what is the purpose of the feast before we address the calendar let's go back there were three major feasts uh, that we know of that dealt with uh, large gatherings where people came together there were other uh, events Passover was more of a domestic gathering and a community gathering because you would invite enough people into your house to eat an entire sheep lamb before morning and that's a lot of meat 
you know, you're talking 50 to 75 pounds of meat and you don't want to waste it because you can't keep it. So you have to invite enough people to eat the whole thing before the day is out. But the other feasts that we're dealing with, like Feast of Tabernacles, which we're having, or Feast of Booze, they call it also, is a gathering of a large number of people that stay in tents. They come from a lo- uh, far away often, and they stay in tents. It would be in a different place often every year. And uh, several things would be accomplished by having this feast. They were never to come empty-handed. They were to bless the Levites uh, with uh, gifts when they come. They were also they could bring uh, goods to trade with other people and to share with other people, etc. Uh, so there was a lot of stuff going on there. Uh, everybody, uh, picture this: everybody's staying in tents and everybody's cooking their favorite meal and their favorite dish and trying to share it with everybody they could and then so there's always every day there's this huge surplus of food uh, and so there's a lot of eating and a lot of sitting around talking a lot of boys meet girl are happening Uh, families form alliances because their children get married as a result of these week-long feasts they may not get married that week but they've, they've met each other every year at tabernacles and they've seen each other growing up but they haven't lived so close to develop the animosity that you sometimes develop with neighbors and relations develop so the whole point of the feast was to bring society together to create bonds of society to support the levites and the charitable uh, government system that was put in place and early church did the same thing when they got away from that and the valleys still had their you know Oktoberfest, which is a carryover from that uh, early feast of tabernacles uh, they uh, they fell prey to the kings that rose up because valleys could be taken one valley after another and nobody came to their aid from other valleys because they didn't have these international feasts where they brought people from all over from every valley to their valley they became isolated it was the beginning of this congregational idea so back to the calendar I a little another little tidbit there used to be a thing called the filling of the butts. The tithing men, one in ten, picked by uh, ten families. They would pick a tithing men in England. And they would meet on the full moon. And so you would say, oh, well, then they were using a lunar calendar. Well, not necessarily. They met on a full moon for the filling of the butts. And the reason why is there were no street lights. It was practical. It made sense to meet on a full moon because meetings would go into the late into the night and you might want to walk home because this was a local meeting and you didn't have street lights, so you're going to be walking home with a full moon. Uh, filling of the butts was actually target practice. And, the, you know, every single monastery in England had Yule trees growing within uh, their courtyards. Why? Because Yule trees are what they used to make bows out of. And making bows was very important. And uh, 
Also, Yule trees, uh, I think they have a toxicity to them that you don't want animals eating on them, so they would keep them protected from that. But they were that was very important. So all these little uh, anecdotes or little tidbits about uh, society are important when picking a calendar. The solar calendar was used by most of the Essene groups that I have come across. And the Essene groups at the time of Christ had uh, philosophies or theologies or teachings that were most in accord with what Christ was doing. So there is a great deal of evidence that early Christians, because most of them probably came from the Essene communities, were using a solar calendar. Uh, they were keeping the Sabbath uh, for hundreds of years after Christ, but they were using a solar calendar. The Pharisees uh, used a lunar calendar, and, and again, like I said, there are several lunar calendars. But even those using a solar calendar, like I said, would meet on full moons. Why? Because they had to travel long distances and ordered uh, fairly long distances, and there were no street lights, and so full moon made that possible at night, where you couldn't do that otherwise. Practicality is the cornerstone of the faith taught by Jesus Christ, Moses, and Abraham. So again, we go back to what calendar should you use? You should use. You should come into agreement as to what calendar you want to use. Not make your calendar your religion, your philosophy, your dogma, your whatever. But because when you do that, you forget the weightier matters of why you even have a calendar. You know, God doesn't need to know this day. The, the calendars and the days and the Sabbaths, etc. were made for you, not you for the Sabbath, not you for the calendar. So the calendar you pick needs to be a calendar that guides you in the ways of Christ. You get the right calendar. You say Yahweh correctly. You say Yadavai correctly. And that doesn't put you any closer to God. But following the precept upon precept and the purposes of these feasts, this will bring you closer to God and His kingdom. So, what calendar you use? We actually are having the Feast of Tabernacles, uh, and I've debated this for a long time, dealt with the calendar issue. The reason we have it the last weekend of September to the first weekend of October is because of the practicality. Where high desert starts to get into a more inclement weather later on in October, but duck hunting, we have lots of good days in October after that. But by the last weekend of September, we usually had enough uh, frost to get rid of any mosquitoes. <coughs> uh, but we still have lots of warm days. And uh, also, uh, duck hunting in this community starts October 1st, or October 8th this year. October 1st is deer hunting. You won't be able to get any accommodations. The traffic will be immense. 
once duck hunting season starts, you won't even be able to get in at the trailer park, the only trailer park in the valley. Uh, we hope to build facilities where we can accommodate a thousand to two thousand people. Uh, we've somewhat obtained the land now. We have that, uh, we're occupying it. And, uh, now we just have to build the facilities to make, uh, tabernacles here a big event. There's a big event in Nevada called the Bernie Man. They get 50,000 people show up for about a week. Uh, caravans of people come there. Uh, there's lots of bizarre activities at Bernie Man. You can look it up on the net. Uh, why do they have 50,000 people show up and we only have 50? Uh, there isn't any reason why we can't get up to 50,000. And that's what we're going to be working for. And not just have tabernacles here, but have it in lots of places. And then, you know, if you can have a group that affords to come all the way out here, they'll meet some here, same as some here will go to the tabernacles in the Midwest or back east. And the idea is people coming together and firming up those bonds of networking, communication, so that if... Uh, like we saw in Indiana and Iowa, where it looked like a nuclear power plant might be flooded and go critical. Uh, those people had places to go that were upwind. Uh, in North Dakota, Nebraska, even all the way out here, uh, we would take refuges, uh, refugees from these disasters. We may see severe disasters on the East Coast. That's why you can't just think of the East Coast. Should you abandon the East Coast? No. God's put you there. Do what you can there. But don't stop thinking kingdom. And Feast of Tabernacles and the other feasts like Pentecost where people gather together. Pentecost was one of those periods where they gathered together and that's where they firmed up their tens, hundreds, and thousands. Uh, that's where, you know, the ministers who could not see each other on a regular basis made sure they had picked the best minister of minister of ministers because the distance starts becoming greater and greater. Right now, we can travel around in this country fairly well, uh, but we need to create a living network, not dependent on the Internet, not dependent on phones, uh, come to some sort of agreement no okay this group wants to use this a calendar i'm not going to dictate they can't but they need to know that this group over here is using that calendar so let's not lose the lines of communication if your calendar is dividing you from faith hope and charity from the perfect law of liberty from a nation bound by love then your calendar is doing what the Sabbath of the Pharisees was doing. It was keeping you from tending to the weightier matters of law, judgment, mercy, and faith. And in that list, I don't see the I didn't see the word calendar mentioned. The calendar is to serve you. And when it starts dividing you, it's not serving you. And so you need to keep that in mind as uh the days pass from one to the next <laughs> so anyway uh, uh, there's if you use a solar calendar it doesn't make you a sun worshiper any more than using a lunar calendar makes you a moon worshiper uh, what we worship is the God of creation uh, the God who made us the God whose image we were made in 
and he was a giver of life and that's if your calendar is not giving life then your calendar has just become another religious uh, uh, millstone around your neck so use the calendar as a tool and don't beat your brother to death with it so anyway I hope that answers your question uh, was that the question that also appeared in the chat room no uh, it was a different question Okay, what was that question? Oh, yours goes to back to like straining at gnats. But um, the question in the chat room refers to when we were talking about um, GMOs and well-fed beef. And the question came up, on the hoof is great for local folks, but how do those at a great distance get it? Well, I, it depends on how great a distance you are. If you come to Tabernacles, we could have it arranged that the, the well, actually... Uh, uh, most of the beef that we have available right now, the beef, uh, isn't butcherable uh, uh, because it's too young a calf or steer. But we could save them and set them aside for you and raise them up so that they would be ready at Feast of Tabernacles or Feast of, uh, of uh, uh, Pentecost. Uh, and you could take it back home with you if you came all the way out here. You have to have a pretty big cooler. But you, that could be arranged <laughs> uh, if you come all the way out. Uh, if you're local in Oregon, that's not as big a deal. Now, if you need a lamb, we could have a lamb. Uh, we could do it when you're here. We could uh, have it done for you by uh, some guys we know who do a really good job. And they can cut and wrap it and freeze it, and you can take it back home with you. So, Because uh, we have lambs that are are pretty close to butchering weight right now. Uh, it's uh, right uh, if we don't sell them to people within the network, we will sell them to somebody because the prices are way up. But we encourage everybody to be growing produce, to be growing. Uh, you know, if you want clean meat, we can we can get it to you. You buy it on the hoof. It's yours, but I can have a guy come in and butcher it. If two or three of you want to do that, you don't have to take all my whole steer. Uh, but he can butcher it, have it in a freezer, and have the meat all frozen, and then you just head home with it. And uh, if you if you live in uh, New Jersey and you want to buy your beef here, you either drive fast or you take a refrigerated truck. Now, we have a transportation group of people uh that have semis and there isn't any reason why we couldn't eventually incorporate that as the network grows where we could have trucks deliver this stuff uh, as a matter of fact we're we know people at azure standard and we might be able to use them to do that uh as well uh, so uh, and azure standard delivers all the way to the east coast now uh, and semis, and I know they have uh, refrigerated equipment in their truck, frozen foods in their truck. So we might be able to work out a deal. So these are things we have to work on. Uh, and but I, know there, I know. Go ahead. I know that around here too, we have farms that specifically grow uh, grass-fed beef or even uh, bison, I think, and they offer. You know, there's there's people out there thinking kingdom. Right, and it's it's for you. Yeah, that's part of that community-supported agriculture. I know there are people in Tennessee that are doing this, growing very healthy foods, and uh, you should be willing to pay a premium to get access to those, but you probably can get it for a pretty darn reasonable price. Uh, 
uh, we produce eggs here uh, as well, and uh, uh, we we give them away because nobody values. Uh, we don't really give them away. Buck fifty for a dozen of farm fresh eggs. It's kind of a funny story about the farm fresh eggs. Somebody bought some farm fresh eggs. Uh, from a local individual here and they brought them back and they said these eggs are no good anymore the yolks are all yellow (laughs) 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 and uh, we tried to inform them and says well yellow oaks is the way they're supposed to be you're used to buying store bought eggs where the yolks are all white and anemic looking (laughs) And, uh, and I happened to have eggs this morning about four o'clock when I got up. I got up about three, but I stirred them up to make kind of a scrambled egg, and I was having a hard time breaking the yolk <laughs> there because these, these eggs are so darn fresh, and these chickens are so healthy. Uh, you don't get good food in the stores. But, yeah, we the more we network, the more resources we'll find locally, and that's really what, why we've created this network based on local groups. You, you, we don't. I don't want to be emailing everybody in Texas all the time. I want people in Texas talking with each other. I know uh, some of the people in Texas are are working in the in producing their own fuels and and uh, growing uh, good healthy gardens. Uh, we live in high country. And we're four thousand feet. We've got a limited growing season. Uh, so we got to grow our stuff fast and furious. <laughs> but we're actually building soil now. We started another project on creating soil, uh, our, our worm project, uh, which we have great hopes for. And we're in a lot of different things, and so is a lot of people, and that's why you need to network and, and learn these things. I see that the... Uh, Hadar in Minnesota, I think, is uh, calling for another meeting I didn't get a chance to read the whole thing, but uh, uh, he sent out a notice today that just came out, and we'll we'll talk about that on the network. Uh, there are other people down in California who want to form uh, get married, uh, holy matrimony, and we encourage people to form congregations of record. And we'll have we don't have enough time to explain why that is. Um, so uh, I, I think I answered the question on the GMOs and, and if you're a long ways away, as curious as how far away is that guy? I think he's in California. Okay. I think yeah, I'm going to be great to the distance. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, the, these are all doable, and you just have to get a hold of us and see what we can work out. But get on the network because there are lots of other people doing this these same things. I'm always and amazed at the talent that arrives at the network, everyone that comes on. There's such a diversity of talent that the Holy Spirit is bringing together to form this network. I, I don't know if people don't realize this, but it's it's incredible. And, and one of the things is you don't realize this in emails all the time, but you when you come to feasts, you start meeting these people. And my uh, whirlwind tour, I got to meet all kinds of people that are studying things in great detail and depth and are a wealth of knowledge. This is the point. If we build the network of people who care about others as much as they care about themselves, that is the treasure in the kingdom of God. These people are the gold and uh, resources and supplies and 
and benefits of our kingdom is finding hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of people that love their neighbor as themselves. So let's uh, let's do more of this through the week on the Living Network. Until then, may God be with you and peace be upon your house. Thanks, Thanks Paul. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net. Thank you.